Welcome to Tucson New Thought. To all those who say the world's too big for me to change, that one little life can't matter much, I say we all have the power of the universe. The reading is never off. The reading is always right on to exactly what I want to talk about every single week. We all have the power of the universe because we are this infinite universal power expressed at the level of our own consciousness, our own awareness, our own impress of it. We are individualizations of an infinite creative spirit. The wholeness of spirit is available to us for our use whenever we want. It's actually working no matter what. We just perceive separation. All we have to be is the change we want to see. Anyone ever hear that before? Ever, is there some, some person who, who like very famously said that, right? And if I'm dreaming... What a wonderful dream to share. I'm here to say, based on what came through me yesterday, Karen Mitchell's work, peace is possible. It, happen, it happens when we find it resonant within our own hearts. So let's keep dreaming because reality, reality's waiting there. Reality, our experience of life that we call reality. We have the opportunity to experience the infinite nature of peace right here and right now. We don't have to wait for it. The one thing I will object to in the song is to say peace is possible. It is possible, but why not say peace is right now? This is who and what we are. And when we approach with that unshakable faith, when we decide that that is how we will proceed in the world, then all we will ever experience is peace. So if there's anything that we are experiencing in the world that is antithetical to that idea, it's up to us to make the change within our own mind and our own heart. So much responsibility. So much responsibility, right? Peace is possible. Peace is possible. Peace is right here and right now as we decide it should be. So these several weeks... Uh, having started last week, I am continuing on with my exploration of the Declaration of Principles as written by Ernest Holmes. And I handed, a, I handed them out this week. I didn't have them last week, but I handed them out this week. And it's multiple statements. We're working on the fourth, fifth, and sixth statement today. Now, what you have written there, if you go to the fourth statement, we believe in the incarnation of the Spirit in all people and that all people are incarnations of the one spirit. Now, what I'm going to do is purposefully do away with the word believe. Because as I talked about last week, these are statements of belief that Ernest Holmes wrote in 1927, and he didn't say we believe, he said I believe. And what I think is important for each and every one of us to come to is to sense what it is we personally believe. You don't have to agree with this but start to understand and uncover what it is you do believe because your belief sets your life in motion. Your belief sets a limit to the demonstration of that infinite principle. So I'm purposefully doing away with the, bird, the, bird, with the word believe in these statements 
You get to decide what you believe. I will state what we teach. And so let us take the word out, believe out, replace it with the word teach, and it reads like this. We teach the incarnation of the Spirit in all people, and that all people are incarnations of the one Spirit. That's what we teach. Incarnation literally means embodied in flesh. Now, there are uh, embodied in flesh, the, 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 the material, the physical manifestation of God. This is, this is a foundational idea that Holmes brought to his understanding of new thought because he had a background in, in Christianity. He was brought up a Christian. And he rejected a particular notion within Christianity, which is that Jesus was the only incarnation of the divine. He rejected that. He understood the deeper principle that we are each and every one of us incarnations of this infinite divine presence. He referred to Jesus as the great teacher, the great teacher for what it was that Jesus was here to teach is exactly that, that each and every one of us are incarnations of the heavenly father, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter. What is ultimately the most important is that we understand that there is something greater at the core of each and every one of us, that we are infinite. We are infinity. Oh, wait, here we go. We are infinity expressing as individuality. We are infinity expressing as individuality. I just came up with that. Like, thank you, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got a meme. We are infinity expressing its individuality. And what a great thing to know that infinity always has our back, no matter what. We teach that all people, all people, all expression, well, if we're talking about flesh, <laughs> embodying God embodied as flesh, all people, all living beings are incarnations of the divine. But I take it even further because there is livingness to every single object that exists. There is livingness even in what we perceive as a stone. So we, uh, hold on, I'm just going to. We have these little things that we hand out, right? These little, they're not stones, they're little glass bead things that are shaped to look like, you know. What did you say? Flat pebbles or flat, flat marbles, yes. Now, there are, I, think, I think most people would look at this and say this is not alive. Most people. Not me. I say something else. I look at the core essence of this thing and recognize that it is the livingness of spirit at its own understanding of its own livingness. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fundamentally, the things that make up this stone, this glass, flat, marble, pebble thing are the exact same things that make up us. We just have a deeper expression of our infinite consciousness. So it comes down to the level of awareness. In fact, uh, Thomas Troward, who was one of the fundamental teachers and, and architects of New Thought, he was one of the greatest influences on Ernest Holmes, divided all livingness into five kingdoms. He divided livingness into five kingdoms. And the way, we the way we determined what was more alive was by a level of awareness, a level of self-awareness. 
So there was the mineral kingdom. This would probably be considered to be the mineral kingdom, which is at the lowest level of self-awareness. Then there is the plant or the vegetable kingdom, which has a higher level of self-awareness. And then there is the animal kingdom, which has an even higher level of self-awareness. And then there is the human kingdom, which has an even higher level of self-awareness. And then there is the divine kingdom, which is the crown of self-awareness. When we talk about awakening humanity to its spiritual magnificence, we're talking about opening ourselves up to that highest, that fifth kingdom, that highest level of self-awareness beyond the sense that this is all there is because this is not all there is. We are so much greater than the physical limitations we have decided to be right here and right now. So we teach that all people are incarnations of the one spirit, not just one. The same mind that Jesus used is that infinite mind that we are all a part of. We have the same mind that Jesus has. I won't say had because that would imply that there is time and space. Time and space, past, present, future are all expressions in the world of form. It all exists in the here and now. Hey, Johnny. It all exists in the here and now. So the same mind that was in Jesus is our mind. Ernest Holmes wrote, there is that, this is not part of the declaration, but he wrote, there is that which within us which partakes of the nature of the divine being. And since it partakes of the nature of the divine being, we are divine. So every week, I'm not telling tales out of school by standing up here and saying, we are God. I'm saying this is the fundamental premise of the entire philosophy. We are God. The part of the practice, the, the, the part of the practice, the practical application of this is to more deeply realize this in ourselves, to do whatever it takes to more deeply experience and understand this for ourselves because it is so freaking easy to forget. I forget all the time. I'm better about it now than I was a decade ago before I was in this philosophy and it was my job to remember all the time and to remember on behalf of every single person I encounter, I still forget sometimes. And I'll tell you, much of my active conscious awareness these days oh, is dominated by the mundane aspects of buying a house. Do you all know that I'm buying a house? How could you not know? I think I talk about it every week. If you, if you read my blog, I've been talking about it in my blog too. If you listen to the podcast, which is just my blog, Spoken, you would be hear, hear me talk about the mundane aspects of buying a house. First of all, it's very fascinating to me, the process of buying a house, because there actually isn't that much activity for me directly. I just have to sign a lot of paperwork. <laughs> Everybody else is doing all the work, you know, the, the, the realtors, the, 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 the agents who are working on the agreement. There is, of course, our mortgage lender and our escrow officer. They're doing all of this work all around us, and they just keep sending us things. Here, sign this. Here, sign this. So, you know, this is my first, I've never bought, purchased a house before. So it's really fascinating to me that kind of all I have to do is sign my life away. 
in this activity of house buying, <laughs> there are times when I can forget who I am and I can forget who the seller is. Because I can look at the I can look at the mundane aspects of this entire process. I can look and say, you know what? There's, we now need to go back to the seller and say, we need to have the shingled portion of our roof replaced. And is there a willingness on the part of that person who did not attend to it while they owned it to make sure that it's you know, being sold in a manner that is not going to cost us an arm and a leg once we get into that? And I can look at that, I can start going into a place of blame. Why didn't they do that? Why weren't they taking care of it? Why, why, why? Well, that is taking myself away from that deepest understanding, the deepest knowledge of who I am. And so my job in that moment is to step out of that place of blame, recognize that I am in a position right here and right now to take responsibility for my part of this entire transaction and say, okay, I have the ability to respond in this moment to the information that has been given to me. And I get to make a choice because we have sent the request to the seller to say, please fix the roof. They can say yes or no. They're an infinite choice, right? They can say yes or no. And if they say yes, great. If they say no, great. Once I have the information, then I can move forward and act accordingly. This is also a great metaphor for the experience of life because how many times are we afraid to ask for what we would like in life? How many times are we afraid to go out just in our everyday lives and demand what it is we require for the experience and expression of our lives? Frequently, I think we do this because we are so afraid of hearing no. I spent a lifetime, well, a portion of a lifetime, my previous career path as an actor, 99% of being an actor is being told, no, you didn't get the part. No, you're not right for this role. No, 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 no. That can wear down somebody who does not understand who they are. Because it is one in a million that gets the yes and becomes Julia Roberts. Am I, am I equating myself to Julia Roberts? Yes, because she is an infinite divine expression of God. Absolutely no separation. I do not set her apart on a pedestal. There was a point in my life where I would love to have had that type of career. All right. <laughs> what is mine to do through this process of buying a house is to remember that everyone in this transaction is working for the highest good of every single person involved. Every single person in this transaction is God. And that makes everything easier. You'll probably hear more about this as we continue. We close on March 8th. So you've <laughs> got a couple more weeks of hearing me talk about buying a house. The next statement, we teach the, e we teach the eternality the immortality, and the continuity of the individual soul forever and ever expanding. We teach the eternality, the immortality, and the continuity of the individual soul forever and ever expanding. <clears throat> As I settle back into the deepest understanding of who I am, 
Sometimes I close my eyes to do that. I touch on that sense of self that is eternal and immortal and ever-expanding. I'm going to invite us all to take a moment, and if it's comfortable and you'd like to close your eyes, just breathe into this perfect moment with your eyes closed and look within in whatever way you can, whatever that means to you. Allow yourself the luxury of looking within. What do you see? It's a rhetorical question. Allow yourself to come up with the answer in your own mind. What do you see? And continuing with your eyes closed, turning the focus around and looking beyond. Looking beyond. What do you see? And when you're ready, with a breath, you can open your eyes. That which is within and that which is without it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. One of the great mystic minds of the 20th century, one of the great gurus of the 20th century said this, I believe in God, but not as one thing, not as an old man in the sky. I believe that what people call God is something in all of us. I believe that what Jesus and Muhammad and Buddha and all the rest said was right. It's just that the translations have gone wrong. First of all, does anyone know who said that? The great, the great guru was John Lennon. Look up his stuff. <laughs> it's pretty magnificent. I believe in God, not as one thing, not as an old man in the sky. I believe that what people call God is something in all of us. Hey, he's teaching new thought. I believe that what Jesus and Muhammad and Buddha and the rest said was right. New thought. It's just the translations that have gone wrong. Now, first of all, that's a judgment, so let's let the judgment go. Translations are the translations, and they work for whomever they work. For whomever they work. Yes, that will, that will work. They work for whomever they work. To be tied into a specific concept does not as easily work for me, which is why I was drawn to this thing called new thought. Here's the question. What do you accept in your heart as true? because that then becomes the container for the expression of your life. The container for my spirituality, which is creativity, for many years, the container was theater, which was my religion. See how that works? 
The container is simply the decisions we make around how we are going to use this infinite nature. We teach, finally, that heaven is within us and that we experience it to the degree that we become conscious of it. We teach that heaven is within us and we experience it to the degree that we become conscious of it. Peace is possible because peace is an aspect of this consciousness of heaven, which is within each and every one of us. It is not a byproduct of correct thinking. Peace, I'm going to say that very clearly, peace is not a byproduct of correct thinking. Peace is our natural state of being. Anything we experience that is contrary to that is our use of thought, our use of mind, our use of this infinite principle. So we experience heaven in the here and now. It is not someplace we're getting to. We experience heaven in the here and now to the degree that we align ourselves more and more deeply with this infinite premise that God is all there is and it is who and what we are. That to me sounds like heaven. The more we accept this as true, the more we will realize heaven is here and now. Heaven is is earth, not just heaven on earth. Heaven is earth. Heaven is the entire expression of the universe. Heaven is you and me deciding right now that that's where we want to be. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.